It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as comic book storytelling versus TV soaps and wrestling, and the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi. Caleb, I think that soap operas do a better job at storylines than American comic books, mainly the Marvel and the DC films, or films, comics. Yeah, again, I I don't know about that. I mean, what, what would you classify as soap operas? That's one of the things I find. Uh, so I guess Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, uh, Young and the Restless. I don't know if Telenovas would be counted as that, any Italian or Spanish, Mexican... Uh, Portuguese, uh, Korean, Japan, Chinese soap operas, uh, Philippine soap, soap operas, all soap operas from all around the world. Yeah, I used to watch a little bit of uh, EastEnders back in the day. What's another one? There was another British one that I used to watch. It'd come on after Doctor Who in the mornings. I guess I forgot about Britain and Australia. Yeah. Oh, Coronation Street. That's what I'm thinking of. Coronation Street. Coronation Street. Thank you. Yes, that's always on CBC. Yes, I used to watch some of that back in the day. Um, but daytime soaps, yeah, I really didn't watch any of that. I had never seen, it. I think, any of those shows. I don't know if you'd count Grey's Anatomy as a soap opera or not. That's kind of what I was asking for the clarification, because, yeah, I don't know how those... Because those are definitely different than those old kind of soaps, but I feel like they're like more of a modern interpretation or something, or maybe a more network interpret i'm not sure how to put it i wonder if you would put law and order special victims unit on there or not yeah i was even trying to look up what the definition or list of soap operas are to try to see how people classify them maybe not okay maybe i, I shouldn't say this maybe i i haven't even like given my argument i've given my argument but i haven't given like examples maybe it more is like they're comparable to like marvel and dc comics are very much similar uh and comparable to soap operas because they have, they they always have like a, a core group of, of people that have existed since like the beginning. At least with Young and the Restless, I'm just thinking of that because my parents used to watch that. Like, we're devoted to that for a long time. And every now and then they'll they'll watch it again. Like we'll just like we'll watch a random episode, uh, like every like two months or something like that. Hey, it's it's fine. Just you know, just see what it's like. And the main guys from like the beginning in the '80s are still there. But you'll always see this, like, recurring and or, like, uh, what's the term? They'll always be, like, different characters every time. Like, I guess different side characters or different highlighted characters. They'll always either be benchline, side, uh, sidelined, or just not there anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that definitely seems to be the standard. They, they kind of, like, trade out generations kind of thing. I know Beverly Hills 90210 is one I used to watch back in the day. And whenever they would trade up new generations, I'd be like, ah, I don't think I'm going to watch this. I kind of wonder if Degrassi is almost like a little... I was just thinking that too. I was like, oh, when you say generations, it's like, oh yeah, Degrassi. Yeah, I don't know. Can't not mention that here. Yeah, I'm trying to look up to see. Because I guess they have network, or what's this one? Primetime television soap. Primetime, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, versus daytime. Interesting. Hmm. Primetime, of course, referring to uh, like the evening. Yeah. Not so much 9 o'clock, but like at least around like 4 to 6 o'clock, I believe. Yeah, a lot of these I don't know. I mean, Dynasty has been one that's stuck around for a long time. Dallas. I'm kind of surprised someone like uh, Dawson's Creek isn't on here, but... Hmm. How long did that go running for? I think it was only six seasons, but it definitely had like a kind of soap vibe to it. I would think that's comparable to Beverly Hills 90210. And they were around the same time, weren't they? Yeah, around the same time, yeah. I would have been watching them around the same time at least. 
DLC probably reruns for for some of the oh yeah that definitely yeah pretty little liars which I'm watching right now definitely feels like a soap interesting I wouldn't have uh, penned it as that but fair enough I'm not watching it so that's a that's not a very good show at all <laughs> not a good show let's let's ask this question are any of these good <laughs> good question Dawson's Creek I it really hit me in a place at the time I don't know how good it'd be going back but it's like someone who was you know kind of in my early days of puberty, that show, at least the early seasons, has a lot to do with that. So it just kind of, you know, caught me at the right time. But, but yeah, I don't know what it'd be like going back. I'm curious. I know eventually Brianna wants to watch that, so I guess we'll see. Eventually one day you'll get back to it, and you'll be like, yep. you'll you'll report on it. But I guess to yeah. my <laughs> argument again, and this is obviously uh, uh, clarification. I haven't read mainstream comics ever, really. I've not kept up with uh, the ongoing storytelling that is within these, you know, Marvel and DC, uh, or hmm. else I'd probably be bankrupt, <laughs> given how many books you would buy. <laughs> um, mostly the event comics are, like, kind of big placeholders where you're like, okay, I can go buy, like, if I start at, like, Civil War, even though there's stuff before Civil War, if I start at Civil War, for instance, I can then, like start reading all these other runs or you just like pick a year in like 2000s like ultimate comics is obviously a good one because that was separate from like the main continuity line but we're talking mm. primarily earth 616 in marvel and i think it's prime earth or is it new earth now on dc i don't remember now rebirth earth i, I couldn't even tell you <laughs> yeah and by do you mean like in terms of the overall universe or do you mean individual runs that's a good question because sometimes individual runs and uh, crisis events or big big book events can interlap even though, yeah, really I'm, I'm lopping in hard hardworking writers who are trying to do their own thing, but I guess the editors or whoever's supervising everybody is trying to like connect, every, make everything connected Yeah, yeah, I mean I think, especially if you like mainly read like the big event books I really don't think that's a fair comparison I mean those are, it's not a lot of those tend to be kind of yeah, let's, oh, we want to, you know, kind of force everyone to buy this kind of big thing or buy all these different books, so we're just going to contrive a reason for all these books to cross over, so you have to buy them. Yeah, if it's done properly, it's done properly, and it works very well, but you have one person or several people writing a big comic event, and if there's any tie-ins, that would mean that all the writers uh, and their teams of said, you know, characters in there have to now bend their storyline so that you know it's inserted into this big event now obviously that can work that can be a pro that can be a con maybe like they the writers are told this ahead of time they work it into the story and other times it really like messes with the flow and storytelling of uh, a character run yeah you'll be in the middle of kind of a an ongoing arc in the comic that you're reading and then suddenly you get to the next one and it's like whatever issue it is and then it's um like civil war part two or something like that and they'll just see the person being like, oh, I have to jump over here for a while. And it's like, oh, now I feel a little lost. Like, what did I miss in the first part of this? So that could be annoying. <laughs> Definitely annoying. And, yeah, and, indeed. And, of course, the other thing is that uh, sometimes there'll be a there'll be misinformation. Now, I, again, I can't... I can sit here and complain about uh, writers not listening to each other. But... I really would, I would probably be in the same position if I was there, because it's a very big company, so misinformation in a game of telephone might happen where, uh, one, I think some of the war is at least notorious for this, where uh, several writers either didn't consult Mark Millar with, like, what the whole, like, Superhero Registration Act was, and they, like, interpreted it differently, or they were given free reign, but then, like, if you read the tie-ins, it's confusing, and then if you go back to the main book, it's, like, totally different as well, so confusion occurs. Yeah, or sometimes you'll get a tie-in that's, like, so vaguely connected, like, I remember, um, Original Sin had some really weird tie-ins where I was like, I don't, I don't understand, like, because, of course, Original Sin is, like, how do I describe it without spoiling it? Do you know much about that story? You've you've mentioned it to me over the years. I should probably grab it. But is there? An, did you have? Was there a companion guide to it as well? Not companion guide, excuse me, but a tie-in guide. <laughs> there oh, was. Boy. Yes. It's, for whatever reason, I still own it, even though it's terrible. A lot of those are really bad. But even Deadpool, I remember because I was reading the ongoing arc at that time. 
their tie-ins to it were like super tenuous and i was like ah like why bother even calling this an original sin tie-in so you get things like that too where it's almost like do i have to read the ongoing thing to get what's going on then you read it and you're like oh no i don't it just kind of it's superfluous almost tricks you in a way yeah it's not necessary <laughs> which is of course the intent they almost want to trick you into having to bind to the big arc oh those sly guys those sly dogs but in terms of uh, just a, a someone's run, I think um, it could be comparable to like a season or two of a of a soap, because I'm sure they'll have someone who's kind of running it for that year, and they'll have their ongoing story arcs. And then maybe they get off the show, and then someone else comes in and just changes everything up. Showrunners, you say? By this point, does that count? Yeah. Does the Simpsons count as that? As like a soap? Oh, I don't know. I've, I've no, yeah. no, because no, because it like resets every episode. There's like one continuous story. It's like when I said, I don't remember when I mentioned this, but we have it on recording somewhere, where I was talking about how, like, uh, if you watch wrestling, go backwards instead to see how we all got here. <laughs> oh, that'd be... Like, like, sorry, primarily WWE wrestling. Excuse me. Yeah. Like, to see where, because each, and that's another thing, like, each storyline goes like this into this, and you know, ten years ago, somebody was doing this, and they had this feud, and then ten years later, they're doing the same exact feud from, like, you know, but just done this in this era, so it's like yeah, it comes back. Okay, they're recycling scripts. Yeah, sometimes it feels like it evolved naturally, especially if someone's gone for a while and they come back. It's like oh crap, they're coming to take their feud back. They 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 never got over it. <laughs> so that can be kind of fun in some way. <laughs> oh yeah, that's even funnier when all of a sudden they're like I. I, I still have, like, you know, remember this thing you did 10 years ago? Well, I'm I'm still angry at you for that. That can either be, like, a... a that can be either written, like, pro if it's done and directed properly, it's great. If it's, like, botched, then, well, oh well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but for your initial question, I don't know if there's... I don't know if I have an answer. Maybe I don't have enough experience with soaps. Yeah, or, or the other. Well, I, I actually have... I've maybe read more um, ongoing comics than maybe you have. yeah. I've, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Yeah, I meant, I meant for myself. Yeah, I mean, this. Yeah, this is just me as a like observer at a distance, looking at the two and trying to compare them. Again, do my stupid comparison thing, but it's just like, well, they almost seem similar. I think obviously WWE and uh, so. Well, that's kind of people have obviously seen that. Um, <laughs> except at least in WWE, they have those matches. Those those matches are like you know the selling point sometimes. And for the soaps, maybe it's the the sex scenes. They sneak in those little erotic What moments. sex scenes? It's just them kissing, man. Like, oh, it's just it's like PG, <laughs> like scenes of of, of ro romance. Like, all it is is just them kissing, man. Hey, okay, for the uh, for the housewives in the middle of the day when they're doing their laundry, I'm sure they stop what they're doing and tune in for those steamy scenes. Let it play in the background, and they're like, oh. Do those kind of housewives still exist? I don't think they do. <laughs> I mean, I guess they still exist. But... Maids? I I would I I'd probably call it a different term, but like, because... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm chauvinistic, I don't know. They're not doing their laundry with like their 50s hair and... Yeah. <laughs> Back in the the 70s, the, the prime days of the, uh, the daytime soaps. Yeah. Just off topic right now, I would love for Las Vegas to have a dress code where you have to like... And they have to, like, abide by this as well, where everybody has to dress up in, like, retro 50s garbs and, and, and outfits. Because it, it sells when, like, how uh, the, the golden age of Las Vegas. Because um, that would be really cool, man. Like, could you imagine that? If you had to go to Las Vegas, but there was a dress code and you had to, everybody's looking like it's the 50s again. It's like, that'd be so cool. Yeah, we're in like color blazers, like uh, like olive green blazers. Oh yeah, like just again anything from, if you remember in Darwin Cook's New Frontier, at least you know early on, and when they were in Las Vegas, like stuff like that, where you and and you would see like tribute bands doing you know the Rat Packs, um, with those guys and, and big big bands and the, the, I don't know that'd be kind of cool just to give Las Vegas an ide an identity again. Yeah, it'll probably never happen with the identity wise to uh commercialize but no that's true now back to uh the regular topic at hand i i don't think yeah quality of storytelling of course i'm not compare i am not trying to compare uh the quality of storytelling from marvel and dc comic books to soap operas although that's that's up to that's debatable that's subjective uh to to each person of course because mm -hmm. you know, so 
some might find writing atrocious when others find it completely like you know critically acclaimed so i can't obviously state that i'm more just referring to the fact that it's just one ongoing storytelling and there's like a core cast of people and then there's like um characters who come and go and then characters who you probably never see again that's that was the that was the initial idea not so much the writing aspect of it but again subjective to yeah. the debate yeah and of course with those soaps i feel like a lot of them don't necessarily reboot like even or uh like straight reboot reboot like even if they get a new cast of characters someone from the old generation can still pop in that kind of thing whereas with comics usually when they want to do a, a reboot they kind of do a straight reboot yeah where it's like oh we don't want to get them to get old so we kind of you know go back and that kind of thing at yeah. least with spider-man i keep thinking of that I, yeah no well i'm like it's it's weird though because soaps have because it's real life people um aging it's so interesting to see something again like young and the restless where you see these people age and the same thing with wrestling where you see these people like you know you saw rick flair in the 80s and then you saw him retire in 2007 it's like oh man like that's that's storytelling i guess you could say at its finest if it's done properly oh my god yeah, I don't know if I talked to you about this. I don't know if we were talking about wrestling as much at this time, but when I finally started tuning into Raw again, Ric Flair was actually on it. He was on it like every week. Um, and it was he was doing a program with his daughter and Lacey Evans. And the angle was that him and Lacey were sleeping together and Charlotte was repulsed that her <laughs> that Lacey would be sleeping with her dad. And it was such a weird, gross angle. And then she got pregnant and had to leave the show, and people were like, oh, is she pregnant with Ric Flair's baby? It was so weird. It's, what a terrible choice. That's one of the times when I was like... PG era, everybody, by the way. Yep, yep. And I was like, man, Raw, they, this is the kind of stuff that you tune in and watch. Like, super elderly Ric Flair with this, like, 20-year-old Lacey Evans and the, the angles that they're having an affair. <laughs> Very strange. May December romance, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, and then she went away, and she just came back with a really bizarre angle, where she just does um, promos of her talking about her childhood, like living with like a mom who was terrible in like a trailer park, and how she went to the military. And she hasn't even wrestled or really been seen with anyone else. It's just like a promo of her standing and talking about her childhood. It's like, what what is this leading to? Like, <laughs> very strange. Well, it's again, it's all set up for something. We have to, you know, tune in and find out eventually. And it's no different than... It, and it's really... Wrestling is similar to issues where... like, Sorry, comic book single issues where you want to know the conclusion of a run, but you have to keep, like, waiting and waiting and waiting. And thankfully, you can mm -hmm. either play the long game uh, and just wait for a graphic novel to come out, like I do, or you yeah. just, you know... You, you, you batten down the hatches, grind it out, and just watch the entire thing as it unfolds each week. Which... Then goes to, you know, episodic television versus miniseries. But we're not getting into that discussion this week. At least not in this one. Yeah, I guess I'm back buying issues when it comes to WWE. That's right. <laughs> I stopped buying issues ages ago for comics. And but... didn't they technically... I don't know if they do this anymore, but, like, didn't they used to sell... I mean, they used to sell DVDs, but I don't know, like, of what it was. If it was storylines or if it was, like, a year of the wrestling itself. Yeah, they would do a lot of best of collections, and then they would do like um, pay per view collections, like yes. like WrestleMania yes. volume. So they do things like that. But... I wonder if that's a song. Like, obviously, the wrestling fans are going to buy that, but for like you know a common person, not a fan of this stuff, I wonder if that would be a selling point at all. Because like, why are they fighting if you, like there's no context? Um, yeah. Of like, be because in a way. This is weird. Wrestling has each week. It's there's their, um, they have their their storylines and whatnot. And then like the big events, like the big event comics, are you know each pay per view. Um, mm -hmm. And there, it's that's almost a selling point, of course. So it's it's a little different where they want th they're banking on those pay per views in a way. Like, that's what makes them their money. I, you could say the same thing with mainstream comic books, but this is different where because it's all under one house and it's all under like some of the same writers i don't know if there's any like cross um bad connections going on i don't know if like any like there's a weird assembly of writers that are like getting things confused i maybe i don't know whereas like with marvel and dc you'll have like very many different writers and it, the confusion there sometimes is whether or not like a side character is present and their main character so like if um 
like if, if Supergirl, for instance, had her own series and then Martian Manhunter showed up, it, Martian Manhunter series, is he like, do, do the writers of that current series like say, oh, hey, sh- he has to go over here to see Kara or, or no? Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes they'll just, just do like a one line. Like, oh, yeah, he's off visiting this city. I'll do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like, you think, like, oh, they have access to all these characters. Yeah, but they've, like, put writers and teams together so they, you know, create these stories. But that doesn't mean, like, all writers are, you know, on a Discord server talking to each other. Or, you know, (laughs) emailing each other, like, hey, I'm going to use your character if that's okay with you. Uh, I can't. They're kind of currently either dead, they're in another world, or something else. They're occupied with something. Yeah, you know, you saying this, talking about this part reminds me of Pretty Little Liars again. So at the end of last season, season four, spoilers. One of the central characters went off to have his own little spin-off show, uh, but it got canceled. Oof. And so uh, during the last little bit of the season, they'd be like, "Oh, you know, where's Caleb?" And they would be like, "Oh, he's gone. You know, he's not coming back." Like, and then he comes back in the next season. They keep doing these things where they're like, "Oh, tell us what happened." And he'll be like, oh, I can't talk about it. And it's like, oh, we got to tune in to know what happened. Watched. It's like, oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> and it's especially bad because he left to do a Supernatural spinoff show. What? And there was nothing Supernatural in the show up to that point until they started introducing the spinoff. And so, super strange. <laughs> so, is are you saying Pretty Little Liars is in the same universe as Supernatural? Oh, I just mean uh, Supernatural elements. Like, uh, oh, okay. Like, it's a straightforward kind of crime mystery show. Yeah, okay. And they do a spinoff where, you, where one of the characters goes to, like, a town with, like, ghosts and stuff. I see. Interesting. Psychics. <laughs> so stupid. Oh. <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> oh. Yeah, not, uh... And they, they did not introduce that well either. It was super embarrassing. Everything they did to try to introduce it. But anyway... <laughs> There's a problem with me, at least in martial arts. Again, sorry not to spill all this on everybody, but one thing that I do love to do, and one thing that I'm like good at, but one thing that really is in muscle memory and what I always do all the time is I love to go forward. I love to just move forward into my opponent and like wear them down with volumes of, of attacks. But what our teacher has been teaching us recently is angles, angle fighting, closed stances. I know this probably makes no sense to you, but like closed stances, open stances. If you're a boxing person, you'll know what that is. Uh, or just another like combat specialist, you'll understand what that is. Um, and this has been stinking difficult to me. I can't still for the life of me get the angles to work properly, even though I have been practicing. Sometimes I don't. And you know what happens is when I'm confronted with it, when we spar, uh, when I spar a bunch of the buds, oh, I just go back to the stuff that I do, the routine. And that's mm-hmm. not the right thing because that always just means that I, I will not learn. And I am not learning. I'm just stuck um, because it's too hard and I'm not, I'm afraid, this is pride as well, I'm afraid that uh, out of pride I'm going to be kind of losing face with the gym. Not the face with the gym, but like losing my reputation for the gym of being in this advanced class level uh, fighter. Okay, not obviously UFC fighter, but like just in, in our school system, excuse me. Um, I'm up there, so I'm not up there, but y- you have a responsibility and you almost an expectation to, you know, if you you immediately have to do well. And kind of, Aang also has this, especially since like he mastered airbending, you expect that like mm. mastering Earth should be like that for him, but not really. Um, but yeah, for me, I just this this angles thing is I'm I'm trying to get it. I think I have gotten some of it, and one day hopefully I can come back and tell you guys, hey, I got it. I'm a master at this. And the frustrating part as well is that some of my fellow classmates have gotten it and they do freaking well with it. And yeah, I'm sort of like jealous, but at the same time, I'm like, but they have trained with it. They have they have taken the time to do it, and it's possible. But obviously for me, because of my mentality, my inner conflict and struggle is that I always want to go forward. But everybody will always take that forward, going forward, get, cut an angle, and then, like, counter me with that stuff. So it's like, mm. ah, it's so frustrating. Well, where's your, uh, you need an Uncle Iroh in your corner. 
Well, I guess even Frontal Iro doesn't necessarily help with, with Zuko, so maybe that... Uh, I guess it all comes from within. Well, that too, but I also would say that it's always not instant. It's a course, yeah. it's a life course. And again, unlike these characters in the show, I'm not stretch. Well, stretch for time maybe in just like atrophy and muscle decay over the mm. years, and so that's the only like worry there. Where like soon, at one point, I won't be able to be as fast, or nor will I be able to perform these movements because I'll one day be an old man. Hopefully, like Uncle Iroh, though. Or I can still fight, but um, you get what I mean. Anyways, what do you have tonight at the uh, at the old speakeasy, my friend? Oh, what I have tonight is I bring the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi, which I watched yesterday. <sighs> okay, so where was this? Um, let me let me let me look this up first. Where's that uh, stupid? Okay, here we go. Um, don't worry, this is relevant to this this conversation. Sure. Dang, it was like calling it something about like... Oh boy... Oh wait. Oh yeah, special guest star, Obi-Woke Kenobi. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is this thing called? This is a video... I, okay, free advertisement, I guess. It's called... The Riva and Leia show with special guest Obi Woke Kenobi. Yes, and that that is where I wanted to. Come All right, in. not about the woke stuff. You know me; I couldn't give a fuck. I don't even see how that's woke necessarily. But <laughs> um, yeah, the mic is the floor and the mic are yours, sir. I will. Uh, I'll let you speak. So they open up the series on a pretty sour note for me, but I know that the internet was raving about it. Where it was like previously, and then they just recap the prequels. <laughs> they show all these cutscenes, all these little, little, uh, like building up. Oh, Obi Wan used this hero. And it was so weird seeing the prequels, like, treated as, as if they were like this prestige films. I was like, wow, this is weird. But once we got into the series, man, that Ewan McGregor, he's so hot, and he was, he jumped back into the role perfectly. And we had this kind of cool idea of these Inquisitors just tra tracking down the Jedis. But all the Inquisitors were just so terribly done, it was just embarrassing. And the Reva chick that you mentioned there um, was an actress that I was excited to see. Because she played a, a kind of a main role in The Queen's Gambit. She was really good in that series. She's completely terrible in this Obi-Wan uh, <laughs> two episodes. So I was completely like, wow, how could you take this great actress... And just like embarrass her with this terrible character, this terrible dialogue. And so I was like, oh no, this is this is disappointing. But the absolute pits, and I feel terrible saying this because she's like an eight-year-old kid, is the little Leia uh, kid. Um, I did not know that that was going to be a part of this show, and it feels like a George Lucas, Jar Jar Binks situation where he fell in love with this this character. And so, like, everything, anytime that that character's on the screen, they're calling attention to themselves, and it's done from their perspective. And it's like, the kid's supposed to be, like, this precocious, like, oh, I'm ten years old, but I know more than the adults. Like, I'm very emotionally mature. But the actress, I mean, again, I feel bad because she's, like, an eight-year-old. But it just doesn't feel natural. It doesn't really feel like that's who the character is. So it's just like, oh no, like this is this is not good. So I'm I'm very disappointed. Two episodes in, I'm like, wow, it's not. I was expecting a lot more from this show than, than what this is. But boy, oh boy, not the uh, not the right direction. But <laughs> sir, it's only two episodes of eight. You can't you can't just expect it to, you know, get off the on the right track immediately. That that's that's completely fair. If it wasn't for the fact that I know that the rest of the series is going to be focused on this plot. <sighs> so it's, you know, Book of Boba Fett all over again. Yeah, Book of Boba Fett had a good a good introduction. It wasn't until Mandalorian showed up and took over. No, 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 no we don't talk about him. We don't, we don't talk about him. We don't, we don't talk about him. <laughs> We're going to talk only about Boba Fett. It's supposed to be about Boba Fett, right? Oh, that's what you'd hope. That's what you'd hope. Except no. <laughs> um... I, I I had the misfortune, not misfortune. I had the pleasure of listening to a guy 
rant about the series over and over again on a Twitch stream. I don't know why I watched that Twitch stream. He seemed like a nice guy, just like... <laughs> but he certainly seemed appalled by what he had watched um, with Obi-Wan. And he certainly brought up the... Yes, uh, Obi-Woke Kenobi, uh, the series. I guess Kenobi. Uh, um, he, um, he was saying how uh, the Inquisitor's designs didn't fit right in live action. No, God, no. That's what he was saying. And that's probably what you were stating as well, right? Every scene with them, they look terrible. The, the, the lead one especially. He looked like a little kid playing dress-up. And his acting and his dialogue was really bad, too. And I was just like, wow, everything about this is just so wrong. How did the people on set not realize that these, these people don't come off as threatening? They come off as completely comedic. So, I thought that was a real... Just I just don't understand how that happened. <laughs> did you uh did you see my Discord or that uh, that um link I sent you in Discord? I think either last night or the night before. Oh, I saw that you sent it, but I didn't open it. <laughs> okay, uh, it's just a video I recommended. Um, I just thought it was very interesting. Uh, if you ever got the chance, but it's not related to this series, of course, but just related to Star Wars. Um, oh yeah, Celebration Twenty Two. Maybe yeah, we'll check this out later. Oh, Vision Season 2. Hmm. Yeah, that there was another one above that, I believe. Oh, okay. Let me see. Which I still haven't seen Visions, by the way. I will catch that eventually. Neither have I. Neither have I. Yeah, and you said you're interested in seeing that one, right? Yeah, no, because it looks... Well, it was, it's animation. Yeah, and they're trying something different with it, so... Look, Clone Wars is animation. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but that's, once again, just Star, Star Wars doing what Star Wars always does. Playing with characters that you've seen before, locations you've seen before, like they just they can't help themselves. It um, it it's gone. It's it's. How do I put this? It's damage control still. I think, I guess they're still feeling the shock waves of of episode nine potentially, or maybe that's out of everybody's mouth. I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to tell you like what they're thinking at over there in Star Wars. Um, oh, and let me tell you this: this is what shocked me even more when I finally watched Obi Wan, oh, or Kenobi. I forget <laughs> what it's called now. <laughs> um, just a little while ago, Kathleen Kennedy did like a big like interview, talking about Solo, and she was like, "Oh, you know, we learned our mistake. We're not gonna recast characters, and we're we're gonna try to do original characters." And so that's why I was so shocked when I watched Obi-Wan to see the little kid Leia there. I was like, I thought you just said you're not going to be recasting characters and you give us this this kid character. Feels nothing at all like Leia. And again, the kid is just not a particularly compelling actress. I feel terrible saying that. She's a child. Um, but also they put in this... I mean, I guess this is woke. She's like... Um, she's like mad at people for mistreating droids oh hey it's whatever her name is 2.0 from solo oh yeah that is true but i was like didn't fucking princess leia wasn't she calling you know chewie a walking carpet yeah i don't remember her being necessarily particularly kind to the droids oh the kid okay yeah I said yeah they had the kid she's like people need to they need to treat droids right they need to have manners with them what this is okay wait a minute wait a minute that's what Luke. That was something what Luke would say. Like, cause Luke worked with droids. Yes, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't feel in character with her. Unless, unless she's talking about like, oh wait a minute, we're probably gonna see three PO and, and R two. By the way, I just realized. <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but either way, I was just like, like, come on, do not. Why would? Why are we doing this with this little kid Leia? Why are we doing this? And they had this this terrible chase scene where she was trying to run away from from Obi Wan, and it just it looked so bad. I was like, this looks like when Grogu tries to run. Like just the way they played it, it felt so fake and bad. I was like, oh no, wow. Um. Oh, so how? Okay, music is it the same guy from Mandalorian? Oh, I don't know. It it sounded like it sounded like they're more trying to ape John Williams than the usual mandalorian stuff how was the soundtrack in book of boba um it sounded like just a variation on the stuff that we got in mandalorian so still good but of course it was definitely still in the, the same 
kind of boat. Uh, who directed the first two episodes? If it was like different people. Now we've got one. This is this was something that I was kind of uh, hammering a little bit for myself. Oh. So I was like, okay, they're trying something new here. We have one director directing all the episodes. Her name's Deborah Chow. Yeah. Doesn't really have much of a career. She directed some episodes of Mandalorian oh. in one feature. And so at one coming in, I was like, okay, you know, I'm excited to see what she's going to do. We have someone who has a very clear voice kind of guiding the whole series. And then just to see what she's done, I was like, maybe she didn't have any credibility. Why did she get this position? Because, like, this, what she's done so far, I mean, I don't know. Okay, so that makes, that all of a sudden makes sense why it's like, they should stop bringing in film students to do this stuff. Um, they're trying to find the next George Lucas, mind you, by the way. I mean, the next George Lucas, of course, is Dave Filoni, but we need to find his uh, understudy. We need to find his, um, uh, his apprentice. Um, because he won't be here for, you know, long. Uh, he he only has so long to do this, by the way. Um, yeah, but we're allowing film students to do it because George Lucas was a film student, and look what he made—a <laughs> mistake. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and I, I will give her, I will give her credit for for something. There, in the first episode, we had like an extended bit where they were just kind of showing where Obi Wan is at this point, his life, his kind of somber existence, just hanging out on Tatooine. And I thought all that stuff was really well done. And we had, um, oh, what's his name from uh, The Thing uh, prequel? Uh, Joel Edgerton, I think, is his name. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he's playing Uncle Owen. Yeah. And him and Obi-Wan had a couple really good scenes together. And uh, Bill Organa, too. So I was like, hey, you know, this show, that we've been some really good performances. But I think, honestly, th those people were just experienced actors. And they knew what they were doing. They could just carry it on their own. Oh, wait, did... Did Jimmy Smith also show up? Yeah, Jimmy Smith, he shows up. Hey, yeah. nice, our buddy. <laughs> yeah, I was excited to see him. I, I was really excited for the first maybe like 25 minutes and then all the little Kid Leia stuff. Once she showed up, it was like, oh no, this feels like some weird variation of Jar Jar Binks and Jake Lloyd. <laughs> it's, it's weird because they, you know, there's that non-canon story where, you know, Maul comes back with spider legs and fights Obi-Wan on Tatooine. And they do it in Clone Wars. Um, so I just assumed they were just going to do that again. Um, assuming they probably won't. But I don't know. Like, what was I expecting? Some people were saying that they were going to expect, like, a Western. Like, they were almost expecting, like, just some sort of, like, Western feel to the entire piece like an Amer sorry the genre American like a western set in like you know the, the wild west of America um, you know spaghetti westerns all that stuff from the 60s and 70s it started like that it started very very western and then they went to like a futuristic city and everything changed <laughs> and that's why I was like there's no way they're just gonna stick with Obi-Wan like they just can't there's there's no way and um ooh I will mention this actually there was actually a really cool moment that was a prequels callback that i wasn't expecting but i thought really worked when obi-wan went to this futuristic city he was wandering around um and there was just a homeless homeless uh, veteran from the clone wars it was a clone and he's like oh can you spare spare some coins for a veteran and obi-wan looks at him and has like a moment where he like freezes because it's like oh this face from my past but it's not one that he would have known. And I thought that was just a really powerful just moment. And it was a nice way to get uh, Tomorrow Morrison in there. I was going to say, yeah, did Tomorrow Morrison show up? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that was a really cool moment. Like, I wouldn't think that they would be that thoughtful to put something like that in there. But <laughs> that was one of the, the few highlights I had. That's very nice. At least they're, yeah, yeah you gotta look, you gotta sort through the, the crap, basically, in, in, in the sh this kind of, like, show, in this in this Disney era of, of Star Wars. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, it's probably just gonna be, like, Power Rangers. Well, they'll sell it again. Prob probably not. Because <laughs> they only got rid of Power Rangers when it didn't make the money. Same thing with Studio Ghibli, with all their, well, their license. When, you know, John Lasseter was out of the building, and it was the one that wanted to, like, keep it going. When it wasn't making a profit or when it wasn't, like, viable anymore. They're just like, yeah, let's get rid of the license. 
And people love these shows. I mean, I think people are... I, mean, I, I haven't heard too much about Kenobi, but I know people love the other uh, two shows, so... Well, I guess that, yeah, I mean, that's that's it's the old, like, you know, if we're making a profit from it, then we're going to keep making them. Um, yeah, and we'll see. Up, I'm going to continue watching, but I just, I can't get over the... the. It really does feel like Charger Binks, where it's like, anytime that little Leia's on screen, it's, she's a star of the show, and we're constantly, like, cutting to reaction shots of her. Like, things that it feels like, why do we need to be constantly cutting to reaction reaction shots of her they just do it because i feel like the director like fell in love it's like oh this kid she's so charming and it's just like oh man <laughs> have some restraint did um is is wesley crusher a better i guess uh character than she is mm, it's hard it's hard because it's because this kid is supposed to be someone that we know and have a lot of respect for you know it's just like now we're seeing this version of her that I feel like has no no DNA with the character that I know. It's just like they're calling her the person that I know. I guess that's fair. This is supposed to be like a kid version of, like, say, Picard. Oh, if it was a kid version of Picard showing up in anything, I would immediately reject it. I'd be like, we don't, I don't not need to see a kid Picard. And I did not need to see a little kid Princess Leia. It's just like, why would they make that choice? You just can't get past that. <laughs> It also just feels desperate. It feels like you, you got Ewan McGregor back. Just just hang out with him. You don't need to insert Princess Leia. <laughs> I mean, he had nothing to do with even watching over her. He's on Tatooine looking after Luke, but of course now he's got a... Uh... Caleb, you're forgetting one thing. This requires effort. Which is something that Disney, and I mean all of Disney, doesn't have. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess, I don't uh, know. <laughs> what are you expecting? Like, you know, lowest common denominator, my friend. Like they'll, they'll, they'll give the bare minimum, and that's it. Like, they don't, they don't care. Like, they're company. They, they, they're there to make a profit, my friend. It's just capitalism, all right? It's it, they, they, they pretend, they go along with, you know, we care about you know modern problems. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah, but in general, I mean, I think they did a pretty good job with Mandalorian, whoever the crew was that was running that. Oh, so, eh? Well, what about the, you know, the real-life politics over in Florida right now? Well, I'm, I'm talking about the people uh, handling Mandalor Mandalorian, not uh, Disney as a whole. <laughs> the the showrunners. Fair, but I, I am referring to Disney as a whole, a whole, of course. Yeah, but they, it's not like they... Like, they have, like, Disney executives, you know, scripting and <laughs> casting these shows. I mean, they also could just be uh, testing it. Was it, um... What's that thing called again? Oh, um, I'm not too sure. Ratings testing? No, not that. Um, committee. Yeah, you got, you got, you got committee. I'm not a committee! Golly, if they... Oh, my goodness. So help me goodness if they, like, ruin that line. <laughs> even though, you know, it's made by a committee. Uh, but, no, I'm pretty sure these are... These are more like um, Pixar and, and Marvel as well. They're all kind of their independent studios. Disney just yes, of course. kind of signs the checks and asserts the uh, dates they have to come out. And maybe if something becomes controversial, like the whole James Gunn thing, they'll step in and fire them because they're like, it looks bad for our company. And then Marvel's like, what the fuck? No, we're just going to bring him back. <laughs> yeah, not knowing any of the context prior to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and not doing a good job of that. But again... Even that was, I'll say this, and not in their defense, but like, we still haven't fully grasped that. Like as a society, I don't think we've grasped that with when it comes to what you see online. Now that we're in an age where, yeah, we have evidence of like what you did ten years ago. So like, if he, but then again, if he was, if he was, you know, targeted, how hasn't like everybody on the internet not been targeted for what they said ten years ago? Hmm. That's my question. Yeah, I mean, random people do get get hit every now and again with that stuff. But um, anyway, how was the uh, how are the effects of the of the film or the film? Excuse me, of the television show. I heard once again people. I think I saw somebody comment how they were tired of seeing the same like dull greeny look of of it, using that uh, that that uh, green screen effect. I know it's not a green screen effect, but it's like where they actually have the background in the in the background now if that makes sense mm -hmm. 
They have the sorry. They have the environment in the background now. Yeah, you mentioned the grain thing. I'm pretty sure this show because it looks very different than Book of Boba and The Mandalorian. I'm pretty sure because they tied it to the prequels so much that they were like, oh, we want it to look more like it was shot on film, so let's put a grain filter over it. And that I did not think was a good choice either. I think the grain filters are not up to to par with uh, <laughs> with these HD cameras, whatever cheap grain filters that they're putting over these movies because i see this all the time with um horror movies nowadays whenever they want to set a horror movie in like the 80s or the 70s they'll just slap a grain filter over it and i'm just sick of seeing it it just looks it just it's obvious to me at least that it's you know it didn't have that the thing reboot 2011 yeah yeah we talked yeah about how crisp it looked it didn't have it. it was actually shot on film too so it makes a difference yes it was um Unlike these things, which are not. Yeah. But there's no way a Disney film would be shot on film. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, screw that, cost too much. <laughs> it's like, that costs way too much, built a park anyways. I was going to say, I was thinking when I was watching the show, I was like, even though I think this, this little kid Leia stuff, I think is just completely terrible. I was like, I guess it kind of makes sense why, when she was older she would specifically seek out Obi-Wan if she had some personal connection to him. I guess I could see that. That's the justification they'll, they'll go for because it's like, well, remember that line drop in, in 4? Because they still think that for some reason, people working on Star Wars uh, forgot about the originals. Like I'm pretty sure none of them have seen the originals, by the way. Well, I'm sure they all have, but I feel like the people running Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who have all the same mindset where they were like, oh yeah, that was that rickety old thing we used to watch when we were kids. It was never really good. We just kind of liked it for, for what we thought it was. But when we come back, let's actually make something good. That old stuff was crap. Yeah. I feel like all three of those those groups have that exact mindset. Oh yeah. They Then they're just like, we'll only, bring, we'll only like drop references um, to it to like get the fans to orgasm because that's what we want. And then it validates our existence. And what's even more weird is I think Dave Filoni, I think he like maybe loved the prequels and was maybe didn't love the original trilogy as much. I don't know. His obsession, because I didn't mention this either, but uh, Kenobi opens up during Order 66. So we see like all these people being killed and just fights. It's all this prequel stuff again. Again. Just the way that the fights are choreographed and shot looks like it's out of the prequels. And I was like, ooh, like this this just looks bad. Like, why are we focusing on this this really bad part of the franchise? But people love it. Uh spoilers for Kenobi, by the way. <laughs> the first two episodes of Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. <laughs> I guess I forgot to mention that. Whoops. Um <laughs> You know, it's yeah, it's it's funny. He was trying to he made he this guy makes a seven, I think it's seven series, series, dang it, seven seasons <laughs> of yeah. a television show meant to, li- literally meant to, like, uh, b- basically made to fix every problem with those three films. Like, literally to fill every plot hole up. Mm-hmm. And yet, he still brings back the prequels like what the fudge i don't know if you know where i'm going with it but i just like makes that and like still has the audacity to like still go back to the prequels well don't you remember that video when he was talking about the prequels and he was like i think he genuinely does think that they were really good films he just is like oh you know even though they were great there's still some room to fill in those gaps but we, we don't need to film necessarily because it was great as it is, but now we have this avenue to film, so why not? I think that's his perspective, and I think that's actually a lot of Star Wars fans' perspective, especially now in the Disney or the, the prequels resurgence era. Because I see it all over the place. People people love those movies. and I, <laughs> it's, I tell you, it's just to get rid of, you know, the, the sequels. Like, yeah. Ask anybody about sequels, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, think about the, think about that for a second, by the way. Of like, men, men, all these, all these, tri- like, all these new properties 
have not even touched on seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, and Kathleen Kennedy in that that same interview is also saying, for the future of movies, they're planning to look uh, far in the future from the the sequel trilogy. So they don't. It sounds like they don't want to deal with repercussions of that either. <laughs> also, it sounds like as I, I forgot to mention this. Uh, also, don't listen to what I just said about like the pre. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, but it sounds like Kathleen Kennedy's back out of her hole. Um, yes, which is interesting. She was kind of hiding for a, a long time. Oh, she hid. She she <laughs> knew she she mucked up. She she knew like because she put her face all around those sequel trilogies, and then she like you know went to hiding. Like, went to either hibernation or just hiding. And then, like, left. And was like, screw this, I'm out of here. And then, what does she do? As soon as success comes back, she comes back and is like, oh, yeah, I'm all for this now. Typical business person. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting thinking about... Because all, all those people complaining about, oh, uh, Kenobi, it's so woke. <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't I don't prescribe to that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, um, Reva, is she, the, she's this person from... Uh, what's it called from the Queen's Gambit? Is that correct? Yeah. Is she a stormtrooper? She's an inquisitor. Okay, fair enough. She's the inquisitor, the main baddie for the series. Is she the main like inquisitor or? Um, she's she's like uh the shittiest one, (laughs) but she's the most ambitious. Oh, like they all they all just piss on her. They're like you're a piece of crap. Like you're too ambitious and you're. You're from the gutter, you know. You have a, a bad background, so you'll never be like the rest of us. Oh, golly. So she's got a chip on her shoulder. Uh, that's what makes her. That's what makes her the protagonist. That's what makes her a main character. Yeah, it makes her the main villain. But I was thinking, you know, the Mandalorian, Book of Boba. I mean, there wasn't a lot of female characters. Maybe they felt like they had to, you know, clap back. Well, but... there was uh, Gina Carello's. I think that's my last name, right? Uh, her her character, and then um... yeah, but she maybe showed up two, two, yeah, probably about like twice a season. She showed up, um, so she wasn't like a regular, or I, how, how do you say it? She's a recurring character, but not a yeah, 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 a guest on a regular, yeah, guest exactly. Um, uh, Ming Ming Wan, uh, I forget her name. Her name. Oh yeah, there's her. Yeah, there's her. She was in there, and then there was that one character. Just because I saw the end of the Mandalorian season two with that one video, uh, there's that other character that uh, I think is a blacksmith or something like that. It's another. Oh, it's another yeah, Mandalorian, I think. I think there's another one that has like blue armor. I don't know if those are the same characters or not, but yeah, the couple different characters, but none of those are like central characters. Yeah, least. of course. Yeah, most of those, except for the one in Book of Boba Fett. The uh, Zuming, uh, can't remember. Her character I name. yeah, nor her actor. Name. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, f- I forgot. I would say Mulan, but that's probably just terrible of me to say. But um, uh, so yeah, maybe they felt with, Ken- with Kenobi. It was like okay, it's time to get back to the the Force's female, because they're making little hints that Leia is a Force user as a child. So this is interesting because they're they're trying to justify seven then, or eight. Sorry, eight. And again, I prescribe to the the old school way where I think that that was one of the big missteps with Return of the Jedi. Just being like, like, oh, yeah, the, there's another. It was Leia. You guys are, yeah, she's a Force user too. I always felt like that was shoehorned in and was never played correctly. So I don't, I don't necessarily... I've never loved them super picking up on that. Because <laughs> it's like, why pick up on something that never worked in the first place? Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's a good point to say. Uh, I mean, it was always an interesting idea if we saw her try to gain her force abilities as an adult. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, it, I just isn't that still effective. I just never, I didn't feel like it was handled well in the original trilogy. Oh, you know, Definitely. it wasn't like it was. It was done terribly. Like he, he literally just shoehorned that in because he needed to finish the trilogy yeah i didn't feel like it was handled well in the sequel trilogy at all and so seeing it again it's just kind of like okay I, I i have not seen this done right uh yet except for the throne trilogy it was done cool there and i haven't read uh, more of the books maybe they have some really good stuff in the books but in terms of the films and tv shows none of that's worked out super well so far so it's just kind of like okay here we are with this again 
My friend, you and I are in the book universe. And or the <laughs> the Legends universe, sorry. I'm Okay, I'm at least subscribing to everything after 6 before 1. Yeah, I've only read those those three books, so I don't know if I can I don't know if I can go with everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, we're still noobs at this. Yeah. At six. It's been de you know it's been dead for years, so best time to come after it, man. Oh, who who was I with? Oh, it was one of uh, well we well we had those people staying with us. One of them was like, oh, because I haven't showed you this, but I actually bought a bunch of Star Wars figures recently at Valley Village. I found a big bunch. Cool. So I put awesome. up together a big diorama. And uh, they were like, oh, like, are you a big Star Wars fan? And I was like, uh, I don't know if I can call myself a Star Wars fan. I mean, I like the original movies, but I, don't, I can't really say that I like much else. So, <laughs> and I have that big poster on the wall that you gave me, too. So I can understand why they would think that. I mean, that was just for <laughs> how cool, like, somebody made those posters look. Yeah. And the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks inclusion. I think that's just I mean, that was, that, was, that was also the reason I had to like include it, because it had Ewoks <laughs> in there. I'm just like, this is made for him. Yeah, and I got that cool diorama. I wish I was more of a Star Wars fan. I do love those original trilogy movies. And I have nostalgia for some of the other stuff, but it's just like, wow, so much of it's just terrible. And the fandom's so weird. The fandom's just so strange. <laughs> I, I just tell you what, man. I can't wait for... Spoilers. I can't wait for us to finish CG Wars because as soon as like we finish mm. that piece of crap I'm I'm sticking in Tarkovsky and I'm gonna go on a high like I am just oh I'm gonna soak it all in <laughs> I'm gonna have nice. so much fun with that and I'm gonna go straight into episode 3 afterwards it's gonna be so awesome man like at least with like at least with you know uh, Tarkovsky's Wars Oh man, that's like that's so creative, man. Oh, I can't. Just, I gotta gush on that. Yeah, I keep forgetting to mention that too. Of course, I love that. That's great. Like that's <laughs> that's that's what the prequel should have been, but because I mean, like you said, he was trying to make an animated film. It's like, why not just you know get animators to come in? No, no. To quote my best friend's brother, uh, rest in peace, Abil. Star Wars sucks a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it sucked a lot for... Again, that's why it drives me crazy to see the prequel resurgence. And every time I see people talking about prequel resurgence, they're like, oh, these look so much better in the light of the sequels. They're in denial. They're in denial. It's like it's intrinsically tied. They're, they're despising the sequels, elevates the prequels. Now, I just don't understand that mindset. Do I, like I said, okay, do I hate every person that has worked in the prequels? No. Okay, that's no, that's no, going too far. Not. That is that is not what we're saying. Okay, they are not good films. It is not because of the actors or everybody else in the production. Okay, it is one man. Okay, it was one man's decision to do all this. Okay, one man decided to do all this for money. Okay, it is his fault. <laughs> all right. Now I'm not asking for his head. I refuse that. But understand, he did this for money, not to explore an actual story. Even though he may have tried to, maybe maybe during the 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 writing of it, maybe he was like he fell in love with the world again. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not sure. I don't know either. But like, I am not condoning what anybody has done to any. If anybody bullied Ahmed Best or Jake Lloyd or whomever else in the prequels. And then you come back nowadays and um, scream uh, prequel resurgence. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. You scumbags. You absolute low, 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 low bottom feeders. Those people would always be like, oh, George Lucas raped my childhood. Ugh. And then came back afterwards and just said prequel resurgence. Shame on all of you. Alright. Yeah, I used to think that was super gross that people would say that. Have like just... some ethics, please. Have standards. Again, Star Wars fans have been strange birds for a long time. Since 1977. That's all I'm going to say. Alright? Yeah, it's just a weird community. It's... Weird community. Yeah, <laughs> no. You're, you're phonies. You're all phonies. All of you. Alright? You're exactly what Holden Caulfield would call phonies. <laughs> 
Oh, but there was another thing I was going to mention. I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll cut this. It was what I wrote down in my notes that I was looking for before. So, um, I've been feeling super burned out by editing lately. I've just completely overwhelmed myself for a little while. Yep. Because I was like, oh, I'm going on that trip next month. I really need to prepare so I can have a bunch of stuff done before then. So I just went into crazy mode and was editing like crazy. And so to try to try to get myself away from it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to edit anymore. If I feel the need to edit, I'm just going to listen to one of our old shows. Go back to that. I haven't done that in months. And I ended up listening to one of our speakeasies. Um, let me see if I can grab which one. Oh, it was speakeasy 26. 26. Yeah, it was uh, the Transformers era begins. Ooh, okay. Which, by the way, I listened to our... Uh, Ghost in the Shell recently as well. Great episode. When I was listening to Speakeasy 26, you mentioned that you had a pick that you wanted to break out sometime soon. And you said that the pick was a bad movie, a, a good bad movie that was going to replace um, The Man with the Iron Fist or Hobie with a Shotgun in your collection. Yes. And I was yes. like, oh. I remember when I t told Isaac, like, oh, if you have anything, like, let's do that next week. But you didn't have anything. So I was like, maybe you forgot. So I figured I'd bring it up and see if you still remember what it is. And <laughs> I know exactly what it is. Don't worry. I've been saving it for a long time. I'd love to do it in person, by the way. Not this. This ha It has to be an in-person uh, commentary. Not, oh, okay. not a uh, not a by. Not that it wouldn't work, but I'd love to do an in-person one. We also got to do a Resident Evil in person because that would just be a hoot. Yeah, we could try for that, yeah. Oh, but there was, uh, I was also going to mention, yeah, we were talking about like, oh, yeah, we got this new series, uh, Hollywood adaptations of anime, live action. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's another one that we've fallen off massively, so. <laughs> all in due time, all in due time. That's the nice thing about us is that we get to, we, we, we get to things eventually. Yeah, so. But that's all I had, just uh okay. Only one, and then that. Um, all I say, all I would say, is to the Ghost in the Shell episode. I that is probably like, like if I ever had to like, if I ever got popular on YouTube for some reason, I would point to that one as just saying like, this is where I gave it my best shot of like trying, of like actually like preparing and attempting to make an argument for a film not being as bad as it should have been getting a lot more hate and actually trying to be objective with a, a film and trying to and trying to at least analyze the film excuse me yep yeah that's what was because uh, i wrote it was a it was one of the best of our just straight commentaries because most of the time in our commentaries we don't dive that deep into kind of minutia like breaking down scenes things like that because things just go past so quickly you know we frequently will be talking about one thing and then miss something that kind of thing yep so I was like, oh yeah, this one felt like it was a really focused commentary. It was very few uh, kind of um, bunny trails. It was very much on point the whole way through. So that was good. I was impressed by that one. Yeah, it's it's one that I am absolutely proud of. I sometimes go back to every now and then. Haven't done recently, but like it it, it is it is literally one that I am proud of doing. Um, and it is literally like a legit commentary. Like. I, I would say to anybody like I, I haven't recommended this to anybody but like sit down <laughs> watch that film and then we'll listen to us alongside of it because mm. it is I, I don't know I'm just dang proud of that 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 one we did it's just yeah I, yeah me too come back to it I was nervous to come back to it too I was like oh I don't know what this one's gonna be like I'm just I, I had confidence in that one I just had utter confidence of like this is doable like we can do this yeah, another one that got the, the okay sign recently was Tower of Babel. Yes, I listened to that recently as well. It held up very well. Yeah, I was like, wow, we finally, this is the one where we really got down how to do the, the comics well. So I was really proud of that one. Oh, it's, yeah, it was so good. Even I'm just like, yeah, I'm, ah, man, I remember that one too. I mean, I'd still say the, okay, maybe you'll, you'll say otherwise, but I still think the uh, New Frontier was also okay. Yeah, what's fun with these, with some of these ones where we go so in depth, is it's it's like, it's like you're reading the comic again. Just it's kind of cycled through a different uh, uh, avenue. Like when I'm when I'm listening to it, I can just see the the images in my head again. And it feels like I'm reading it again. You know, 
So that's that's kind of cool. It's something different with the, the comic book reviews. Oh yeah, which we have also fallen off of doing. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? I have no problem with that because we're going to do it eventually. So...